You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramilla, credential reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show whenever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. With the playoffs set to begin, it sounded like a good idea to catch up with the good people over at Miami Heat Beat to preview the matchup with the Indiana Pacers. We talked for a while. Part one of that conversation is posted over on their podcast. And part two makes up this show. We talk uh, about our concerns about Miami's youth. Tyler Hero potentially stepping up as a starter on the second unit. Bam Adebayo's potential grudge with Miles Turner before the show kind of completely devolves into some eh, spirited conversation about Aaron Gordon, Kyle Kuzma, and Alex Caruso. There's some good basketball talk, a little humor, and it wouldn't be a good crossover without a lot of yelling and uh, more than a fair share of cursing. So please ask the kids to leave the room or car or wherever you listen to podcasts. So here is part two of the Pacers preview with Miami Heat Beat. Let's kind of let's let's kind of go through the room, Brian. What do you got? I told you guys, Heat in four. Wow, <laughs> that's it. You're not going to give an explanation. Oh, no, no, like no. Heat I, I, four? Just think, I just think the Pacers really suck. I don't think they've shown at all that they can hit. They can Solid. handle the Heat, pun intended. And uh, I kind of think Jimmy Butler is going to probably coast. He's probably not going to average that much in this series. He's probably just going to let everyone else do the work for him, and then he's going to kick it up a notch when he hit the. Oh, because that sounds like Jimmy. Yeah, letting other we're, people we're do the work. We're going to play Milwaukee. Him. We're going to kick it up a notch. Is there anything that concerns you with his team? Like any of you? Like, I, I'm I have a curious. What is your concern about the Pacers? I was going to ask about this. I think this, oh, about the Pacers. I'm concerned about the Heat, like their youth. I think it's, I think we're really trusting of guys like Hero and Bam and like Duncan. And like this team is really young, younger than any team Miami has brought to the playoffs in years. And I don't think we, um, as fans of the Heat, have a ton of experience with the change like from regular season to playoff environment for players who are just not used to it. Like I'm, I'm not saying I'm not confident about that, but it is something I'm like, that's my biggest concern with this team is that what if all the young players just kind of um, fall apart, fall apart. Yeah. So is that why you have the mix of veterans on the team? Like Dragic has been experienced in playoffs. You always got biggie. Yeah. yeah, no, it's helpful Butler that they have him and Butler. Crowder, Andre, and Crowder, Jimmy. Crowder had a pretty big. Um, well, he was in the Boston. I think they made the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I don't see how Bam's game falls up, falls apart. Like, so. yeah, yeah. I I think think defensively, he's going to do what he does. I am I mean, very nervous yeah. that Duncan is going to get cold somehow because teams are just going to no. like, are, are just they're probably just going to double him like crazy, and he's going to want to try to force some shots. That are you scared if Steph Curry is going to get cold in the playoffs? He did. I. He doesn't get cold. And Duncan's, Duncan's better, so I don't even know why. <laughs> I'm not worried about Bam's defense. I am worried about um, his offense because there are times when, especially, it's I mean, if we sure. play the Raptors at any point, I'm very worried about that with him and OG. Like, he, but that's a matchup have an answer thing. That's a matchup thing, but it's also, it, it happens not just in that matchup where sometimes he looks a lot less sure of himself on offense than other times. And it happens, and I, I haven't seen him enough as a playoff player to be certain that um look i'm not saying that i'm even pessimistic about it i'm just saying it's a question on my mind like how much will his confidence and like poise transfer over because it's pretty newfound like it's he's still such a young player and i think we discount that just because of how much he's grown in such a short amount of time 
I, I, you know, I just look at his willingness to take like the mid range shot more frequently during the bubble. And I see that as a step in the right direction, as far as him getting more comfortable. And I think if there's anything to play off pressure, most of it comes from home court advantage. That's not going to exist in the bubble anyway. And so he's not going to feel any kind of pressure from fans or crowd noise or anything like that. Like, it just doesn't seem to be much pressure on this team to advance mm-hmm. any further. I, I think they're not scared of Indiana. And at least that's my take from, from listening to them on zoom calls. They don't seem like they're particularly worried. And I, I don't think that he's going to fall apart. He seems kind of immune to that sort of thing. Personally, that's just my take. I, I'm more concerned about Tyler and Duncan. And I think Tyler is the big X factor, at least for me is that because so much of his game seems confidence driven that for him to get taken out because he feels that pressure as a young player, as a young person, that that's where it could really swing, especially if he's coming off the bench and expected to lead the second unit as their top shooter, scorer, and playmaker. You know, it's interesting. And- I think they've got some things working for them with the youth thing. So one thing that we haven't really discussed, we all, we all know the Jimmy T.J. Warren angle, but what about the Bam Miles Turner angle, guys? Like, this could... This was a thing, the the Bam Miles Turner thing. I don't know how much I'm going to say here, but oh, there was definitely the some conflict. Yes, oh, because Team yeah, USA. I, you don't know. Oh, and did you guys right. not hear? Did you guys not yes. hear what he said about one I mean, of one? Kind of yeah, like one of one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I know. David heard. Does, it, does the audience know what you're talking about, Alex? I don't think we've. It's ever been reported. It's there was definitely. Conflict. It's been hinted. It's been hinted that there's been some conflict. Uh, there, that was reported around the time that it happened. I remember. Well, that I, it was I, just I like, mentioned it. I just conflict? mentioned it on a, on a locked up. Well, I guess USA basketball, right? I mean, is that what yeah. we're talking about? Well, what, what kind of conflict? There was like, interpersonal some, conflict. Some kind of conflict that got, got him kicked off the team. It's it's not my information to uh, you know <laughs> get get rid of. But what I will say, there was conflict. We all know it. This was reported at the time, yeah. and he was kind of mad at Popovich. Yeah, I think there was. Uh, there was some beef with him and Miles Turner, no love lost. And I think he's going to go at him. And then he had that comment literally like a couple of days ago where he was yeah. asked, uh, it, it was something to, something about Miles Turner, right, uh, David? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they asked him how he compares or how he could defend Turner uh, in matchups and things like that. He says, oh, I don't really make that comparison. I think of myself as being one of one. Yeah. And he went into detail of, of why. Yeah. I love it. He like broke his game down and why he's one of one. Yeah, Bam is, he he he's, he's they are different. They are different. I know Pacers fans are petty. I like this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, exactly. I think he is, it might be aggressive. He, we might see a, an aggressive ban, which I would love to see. I think for that sure. would be great for him to get some confidence going into the, the series where he's going to be solely responsible for Giannis a lot of the times. So, so I think that's so, good. So what's your take on Hero then? Do you think he steps up? Do you think he crumbles? I mean, have you seen him in, in, in clutch performances or throughout the regular mm-hmm. season? What's, what's your feeling on him he's being good, able man. to continue that? I love Hero as a closer. I think I was going to say also that the, the stuff that's good for the Hero and Duncan stuff, even though we obviously know Duncan's a lot older than Tyler Hero, like Jack was saying, there's no playoff experience. The one good thing about it is the whole bubble environment, I think, really is a plus for shooters. Uh, I think just, just there's no backdrop at all behind the rim for shooters. I just don't – I can't imagine how that doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's so much less going on around you that I think to make your shot worse. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a shooter who who is taking the difficulty of shots that Duncan and Tyler are, I think there's something to it, man. I think there's a little bit something to it where it's like it's a little bit harder to get into a slump. And I think they've both just been so damn good in the bubble. If anything, they're probably heading into this with a lot of confidence. Uh, I don't know, man. I actually feel pretty good about it. We haven't even said that the last time that the Heat went into the playoffs with a team that relied heavily on two rookies was the last time they had a deep playoff run, which was with Justice and Josh, and they made Game 7 of the conference semifinals. So, and I know that these are different players, but I, I'm not... That hasn't been 
of too much concern to me. And I do think that they have enough guys that if one of them isn't particularly playing well, they can kind of like finagle lineups around to make them kind of patch together enough offense. And like Alex already said, the bubble environment kind of makes it a little easier for rookies. It's not, it's not as difficult, you know, for them to face this kind of playoff stuff. And shooters. And they really rely on their jump shot and stuff. And I made a, I made. Oh, sorry. I forgot one last thing. Uh, the whole thing with, uh, I think Hero and Nunn, by the way, will be worse as rookie playoff performers if they're both coming off the bench together. I'm, I'm sticking to that stance. If Goron starts and Kendrick and Tyler are both coming off the bench together, I think they're going to have more inefficient games than not if it was like the, the inverted way, the, the original way that we saw. Goron off the bench. That's one thing. Makes too much sense. I don't even it know. Does, it does. And I just, just don't think he's as good as a starter. And I'm not saying that just because we saw the that one game where he went 5 of 14 or whatever it was as a starter. I just think it just... He, he can't get the same type of separation that he does against bench guards. We'll keep talking about some concerns and our predictions for the series versus Indiana. But first, continue safely supporting restaurants in your community. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. So support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and you enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and you enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. It's the app that brings you your food when you're craving it right now to your door. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Catch tomorrow's episode, an exclusive interview with sharpshooter Duncan Robinson straight from the Orlando bubble that you don't want to miss. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app to listen to podcasts and get that episode by asking your smart device to play Locked on Heat when you get in your car to get your team every day. We'll talk a little bit about playoff Jimmy Butler, Nate McMillan, and more as we continue our podcast crossover preview of the series with Indiana. Brogdon is a guy that I think could be a bit of an issue for them because he's a, he's a guy at that position. Well, he's not that fast, though. So I know that the, the issue with Miami and the guards and the point of attack has been speed rather than ball handling and stuff. So He could drain pull-up shots. He doesn't take them a lot, but they're, it's yeah. going to be there for him, for sure. He's the guy that I'm most worried about. If there's a guy in Indiana that you could, that you could point to and say that they can kind of exploit that a little bit, it's going to be him. Or Polo Debo is being guarded by somebody else. So he can kind of yeah. get to the rim. But how often is he going to be able to do that? Though? I mean, he's getting around three, three and a half free throws a game. Like, so in, in the bubble. So I'm, I'm like, not even, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, it, it's not, that's not a big part. I mean, he's not 100% yet either. So, you know, you can't look at him to be this massive contributor and they can't rely on him heavily given his health. And I know that Indiana's playing the long game. So, Has that been odder than anything else? Like seeing Polo Depot, like he's almost passive. And, and yet he's playing... And playing significant minutes, maybe not as many as he would. He's like in the thirties. So yeah. So, but it's like he just doesn't seem like fully engaged. Almost like this. Uh, listen, he. I think he. The only reason he's playing at all is because of the three million dollars that he gets by playing. I, I just don't think that he's actually 
there for anything. I, I don't see the Pacers being able to make a deep playoff run, so it's not like they're going to actually be able to compete for anything. From him, from his perspective, he's just there to cash in, and I get that, and I respect that. Too. He might be a little checked out too, with given all the rumors that he's kind of wants out and everything. <laughs> was he was he adding fuel to the flame after the game there by talking to Bam and Jimmy and everybody else? That, that was listen, a lot we always game. think. Listen, when Bam went into the locker room to dap up Jason Tatum, I'm like, those guys that. Jason Tatum's coming to the Heat. Bam is the Not most popular guy in the league. Everyone's coming here. They're all boys with Bam. Everyone Danny Ainge is like in love with Jason Tatum. That's not happening. Listen. Danny Ainge would marry Jason Tatum if he could. <laughs> Wouldn't even give him up for Kawhi. Definitely not. <laughs> not he did it. He had the chance and he didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you think that's just like the Tatum thing makes no sense. He didn't give him up for Kawhi. Why is he coming over here? Yeah, uh, he'll be here eventually. As a free agent. Mitchell, Pat though. Always, Pat always gets his whale. Mitchell, though. Another guy who's friends with Jason Tatum and Bam. Look at hmm. that. Hmm. The world goes round. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. James Harden. Board. What? Are he and Bam what? boys? I don't know. I, we don't know. What? <laughs> Brian's saying to watch out. I'm translating right now. Uh, to watch out for that upset. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, the athletic <laughs> with Westbrook out, by the way. The, the Athletic predicts that uh, the Thunder will sweep. Or not sweep, but they'll knock off Houston. Which I just want to watch James Harden get overloaded and overheat because he has to run every single possession without Westbrook. And he's gonna, it's going to be bad. I feel so bad for him. That's a nothing. Yeah, nothing. The West is going to have to carry the playoffs because the East matchups I don't think are particularly very interesting. Because oh, even man. Celtic Sixers, I, I'm not really? like. Yeah, I don't think Celtic Sixers is going to be a good series. I even Sixers fans, are, I don't even think are that confident about it. Without Ben not. Simmons, that's going to be rough for them. No, but even with Ben Simmons, come on. I mean, even with Ben Simmons, it would have been rough. But you know, you would have given up. I mean, yeah, you would have given up a chance. But I really wanted a Heat Sixers series, and then after the Ben Simmons thing. I just like no. It wouldn't. Even I did. Be no, I did. I did. I did. I did. Because like they always, you know, one of the, uh, Jack. I think you were one of the ones that been like banging this drum. You're saying that those two guys are never going to be healthy. This kind of proves your point. I, I didn't. I don't think I was necessarily about the health thing. I think. I don't think they're a wonderful fit together. I don't know how great. I was talking about this with somebody else the other day. Um, I think maybe they could fit together, but I think you would have to have like a Spolstra or Nick Nurse or somebody in there to really make them work together like well. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Brett Brown is that guy. What, like exactly. one of the best five coaches in the league. I guess not. I just uh, wanted, to, yeah. wanted to double check. That's that, what yeah. I mean when I say Nick Nurse, Pops, Bo. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other not, two. Just, just not not Brett Stevens, right? I mean, maybe Brad Stevens. I don't know. He's, he's Brad Stevens, not a big Brad guy. Brad Stevens is great. Like he's on that level, but I don't think, you know. I listed well, off the top three coaches. According to Dan Dockett, it's Dave McMillan too. So, you know. You know, Dave McMillan, McMillan is a good coach, coach, man. He is a good coach. He is a good coach. It's just like making fun yeah, of Yeah, he's not, he's not top five. But Listen, like, if the Pacers were healthy, this series would legit be a toss-up. And I'm, I'm firmly on that, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I would not, be like, worried about it if they had Sabonis. Yeah, but that's not Also, TJ Warren has a yeah, foot thing. it's not thing. McMillan's fault. And by the way, like, yeah. I think this, these couple days off isn't going to be good for him. Why? He's been dealing with it for a while, reportedly. Yeah, so, the, uh, I have no I, clue. Like, how's when he had when he he had it when he had fifty one points? So I, I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Or I don't There's think it's affected. I mean, playing on that injury, that just can't. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is not I, a good. Can we thing. can we talk about that for a second? Like, how how is T.J. Warren peaking as an NBA player? Where like, not only did he drop fifty, but he had that game. Was it right after the fifty where he just he went off again for thirty something, and then he hit the, 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 the kind of like the walk off shot over. You know, he had LeBron on him, and then Anthony Davis switched onto him, and he just hit a, just a ridiculous pull-up three on Anthony Davis's face. 
how is he doing that and peaking as a player on with plantar fasciitis? Like, how is that possible? Well, I, I talked to um, uh, Caitlin Cooper, who covers the Pacers for Indy Cornrows over in SB Nation, and, and Tony East, a uh, host of Lockdown Pacers. And both of them talked a lot about Warren and his temperament, that this he's actually, despite his, his run-in with uh, Jimmy Butler, he's kind of a quiet guy. He doesn't like a lot of attention. And so he's kind of thriving in the bubble, being that it's a quieter environment, as we all hinted at. And not just that, but he actually was very proactive during the hiatus of working on his game and fine-tuning what he's done best. And without Sabonis there to kind of clog things up a little bit and to make things run, in all fairness, he's also been able to be a little bit more comfortable. And McMillan's done a pretty good job of trying to get him specifically into his spots where he is able to maximize what he does well. And so it's just kind of all built together over the last few months to get to this point where now he's playing his best basketball and he just feels most comfortable throughout his short career. I mean, he's really only been in the league for a few years and of course, you're not going to take into consideration what he did in Phoenix because, I mean, that was such a shit show anyway. You can't really look at that and say, well, this is who a player is because you don't ever know what, what you know, the kind of coaching turnover that they've had, the roster buildup that they've had there. It's all been so shitty that you can't really judge him based it's on It's just those. the latest example, right? The latest example of they give away somebody who's like semi-productive or productive for another team. Like yeah. Derek Jones Jr. is the Heat's example. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it makes a lot of sense there. So we, we never continued with our predictions. Johnny, you got any? Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was, I was actually thinking we'd cover off of them, and I'm very firmly Heat Five. I think they're not healthy. That I'm not. They don't really have anything that worries me, like particularly other than maybe a couple Brogdon good games. Like I, I, they just don't concern me. I know that their defense is good, but I think the Heat have shown that they can really manufacture the. It's not even that the Heat are able to score against them. It's that the Heat get the looks they want. And I think when you look at kind of defensive matchups, I think that's the most important part. Is the team getting the looks that they want? Right, so if you look at the matchup with the Raptors, the Heat were not getting the looks they wanted. They were really forced into doing things that they did not want to do. And even though that game was close, the Heat were doing things that they did not want to do. When they play Indiana, they get whatever the fuck they want. They get the shots they want. They get the points they want. Now it's whether they make or miss is a different situation. But the Heat, whatever they run, they are getting largely. They are they are they are running the things that they want to run, and they are getting the kind they're getting the shot that they want to get. So when I look at stuff like that. You know, the Heat's offense is is their bread and butter. That's 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 their good stuff. And they've shown to defend Indiana at a pretty competent level. They get to the free throw line a lot against the Pacers, which really, really allows them to set up their defense. I just don't think Indy has answers for what Miami does best. And I think in a playoff series, when you're gonna be able to exploit that at the end of games and when you're gonna be healthy and when you're gonna be locked in, and at the end of the game, Miami's gonna have the best two players on the floor. Period. End of discussion. The two best players on both offense and defense are gonna be on the Heat. Jimmy Butler and, and Victor Oladipo, right? <laughs> ah. J- Jimmy and Bab. Uh, and Duncan's the best shooter on either team. And Duncan, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really see, I don't really see the argument for Indiana in, the, in this state. I just really don't. Recapping every game of the playoffs, plus chatting with media members to break down what we've seen from Miami as they move forward their goal of a fourth franchise championship. So make sure to listen to every episode of Locked on Heat. This last segment wraps up the preview of the series with the Miami Heat beat crew. And a reminder that it does start to get a little animated, uh, a little more animated if you can believe it. But thanks for listening and supporting the show as always. What's up, Jack? What do you got? I would say um, 
probably Heat and Four. Um, Let's but, go. You know, Heat and Four, Heat and Five, because you never know. Five. But yeah, my pick is going to be Heat and Four because mostly because I do think, or I'm banking on the fact that we will see an entirely new Jimmy that we haven't seen on the Heat before. Why? I, I am a big believer. I'm a big believer in playoff Jimmy. You know, it happened with the Sixers. Playoff Jimmy with the Sixers was not the playoff like regular season Jimmy. Does with that the mean Sixers. that his jumper is going to start falling? Does he got? Uh, he's going to concentrate more. And that's what I'm banking go on. Maybe yeah, this is it. you know crazily optimistic Heat fan, but I do. I'm hoping that the jumper comes back at least a little bit to the point where he's not literally the worst jump shooter in the league. Um, you know, as long as he's a fine jump shooter, that's perfect. Like that elevates this Heat team past what we've ever seen from them. Um, so yeah, I'm saying heat and four for every reason you stated, but also because I'm expecting to get playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy with the Sixers average 45% from the field on 14.6 shots a game. And he shot 26.7% from three. On what was his true shooting percentage though? His true shooting percentage is not on here. That's I'll have to get back to you on that. Well, I mean, he was getting to the free throw almost, line, though. He averaged yeah. almost 20 a game, and he, he won to the free throw line six times and that's in his two series. That's a bad game for him nowadays. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Like, six free throws is... Uh, but he made 80, 80, 88% of his free throws, which is not bad. Wow. Um, I was going to say, uh, there was actually a quote that um, I just pulled up from Jake Crowder, and he said, on Jimmy Butler at playoff time, this is when yeah. he comes alive. Earlier today, yeah. Earlier today, he said So, that. I'm with Jack now. Well, I mean, it's also Ira fishing for comments because he's working and a story about clutch Jimmy Butler. So I, I mean, that's that's pretty oh, obvious. Boy. <laughs> he asked right everybody. He asked Spo. He asked Jimmy about you know what it's like to be uh, you know come up in the clutch, etc. Jimmy downplayed it being Jimmy. Um, <laughs> in any case, I do. I still think Jack is right though. I, I still think that this is going to be like a great version of Jimmy. He's just he seems poised for it, and you know the fact that he's willing to come here to this team and, and be here in these kinds of situations, this is where he's going to thrive most. So I, I am also excited about seeing a better version of him. I'm not sure how it's going to impact his jumper, but I think, you know, if you look at what he did in overtime, that game against Toronto, where he's a fully engaged, locked and loaded Jimmy fucking Butler, that's kind of what, where I expect to see over the next few weeks. You know, one thing that kind of has me worried, and I, I again, it just it's not really a this series thing. It's kind of looking ahead to the Bucks is, you know, referees tend to to you know let players play more, right? They allow a lot more contact under the rim and stuff like that. And while I don't really think it's going to be a big deal this series, I do think that going forward, if Jimmy Butler's offense really relies on getting calls and really leveraging that kind of style of basketball to get points and to get their defense set and stuff like that, I am worried about that because if Jimmy's jump shot doesn't come back and if it doesn't look particularly great going into the Bucks series, then he's going to get even fewer free throws. And, you know, that's just going to be, I mean, if Giannis is getting a rebound and kind of going in transition, you know, that that's going to be really, really tough for the Heat. Um, You're just completely discounting the Magic at this point. Huh? That's unbelievable. I just, you know, I, I listen, I know it's a hot take, but I don't think that the Magic and and, uh, and Vucevic are going to be able to stop. You're disrespecting Aaron Gordon Eric Bledsoe. there, man. <laughs> Eric Gordon? Aaron Gordon oh. being able to contain Giannis. You're not buying it? <laughs> Yo, Aaron Gordon is such a fake tough guy. Oh! Did you see, Did you see no, Aaron no, no, Gordon is, the other day? Oh, Sorry, wow. I was Brian. Come on, you were in Orlando a lot. I know, not, maybe not as much as I was, but geez, I, Gordon is not that guy at all. It's so Sick ridiculous to see. Tired of him. Yeah, uh, to see him overreact the way he did in Chicago to all that. It's like, well, he. I bet you he couldn't even he couldn't even fight 
Derek Jones Jr.'s 180 pound ass. Like that's, that's all he like, dude. Like that's his life. He he's it's he's so annoying. And then the other day he's like like talking shit to Kyle Lowry, and Kyle's like, "Yo, my room is 305 or whatever the hell his room number was." Did you guys ever uh, talk about Aaron Gordon's music video or whatever that was? That, oh yeah, that, we made. Oh, I forgot music. about that. That was we made, we made quote, that quote this track. I mean, way to take advantage of the quarantine there. That's that's really putting your your skills to good use. Was that during quarantine? It was. He had so much time in his hand. He's just sitting there poolside in his mansion in in Los Angeles. He is the lamest good NBA player. Is he good? Is he? He's not the lamest. There are some very lame. He's such a. He might be be one of the biggest underachievers in the league. I mean, that guy should have been so much more. And now you're living for the dunk contest. No, 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 no. Okay, look, I like I like bagging on him. I also I also completely agree what he did. Uh, you know, the whole complaining thing and it's turned into this whole thing now. It's so lame. Like, dude, you had one of the best dunk contest performances of all time. What he did this year did not compare. Yeah. But I'm like, not even on. talking about that, Alex. I'm talking but about I him, know. like threatening to fight dudes after fouls. No. Like, get fucking over yourself. You're Aaron Gordon. Nobody gives a shit about you. It's if you don't play just, for that, if, if you if never play again, cool, cool. not a so single personally. soul is going to be like, fuck, I miss Aaron Gordon. I really want to watch him no, play. He was Nobody on the Orlando Magic, wow. dude. You're Aaron <laughs> fucking Gordon. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Play defense and hit some threes. Why are you so personally? I'm thinking why you're so personally invested and then I just realized he fought. He challenged Kyle Lowry. That's what it is. so annoying. No. He challenged Kyle Lowry. Nah, he listen. He besmirched Kyle and Dwayne, and Dwayne, and Dwayne. And Dwayne. I mean, that's listen. You're two faves. You the two headed, the, yeah. the, the two headed beast of my heart. I'll never forget <laughs> what he did to Uncle Drew. Oh, if Aaron Gordon was on the Lakers, like for whatever reason, he would He'd be, be like a huge. He'd be insufferable. Oh, he would be Kuzma. Be Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, exactly. But except yeah. the thing with Kuzma is like he takes like dorky jump shots that kind of like don't even look good coming off his hands. I mean, Aaron Gordon will be just getting dunks and will be getting Caruso hype. If Aaron Gordon is actually like a good basketball player. Kyle Kuzma, get the fuck Kyle Kuzma. I'm saying, look at Caruso. Like, I'm Aaron- so fucking sick of Kyle Kuzma. Get Jesus What the Christ. fuck, man? Did he challenge he's Kyle Lowry too? What happened, no, he's man? he's just annoying. Like, get out of my life. Like, I don't, why is, I hate the Lakers for this reason. Like, you're a mediocre role player on a team and he's talking about if Jesus would affirm me, I'll shoot. Shut the fuck up, dude. Deion Waiters, NBA champion. I cannot I'm wait forward to it. for him to end up in Minnesota for no one to give a shit about him, not even fantasy basketball players. I, I'm, I'm excited about that for Alex Caruso. I can't wait for Alex Caruso to get traded and for nobody to talk about him again. Like, I, I am sick. A, I know we kind of did that with Chalmers, but Chalmers was Chalmers. Chalmers is Alex much, Caruso is not Chalmers. Chalmers is a better player than both of those guys. Chalmers is going to be have a more decorated NBA career than both of those is guys. Is Caruso getting the Jeremy Lin contract to take him away from... Jeremy Lin is a more accomplished basketball player than Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Kyle hey, Kuzma needs to shut easy. the fuck up. Oh, Toronto Raptors champion Jeremy is Lin. He, I've never seen a player talk more shit that has done <laughs> less. All he's done is play for losers his whole career. And even when he had LeBron fucking James on his team, he was a fucking loser. That team was in the lottery, depending on his minutes. And this motherfucker's talking <laughs> shit. And now they get Anthony Davis, and they're kind of good. And even though their offense fucking sucks, it's like 11th or 12th in the league when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And this guy has the audacity, the Dead gall to stop to get on. Dude, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? Like, we're rotting as an NBA society that we're giving this guy attention. <laughs> Him and the balding little point guard in the Lakers. Like, I have no idea what we're doing. But it's fucking sick and disgusting. Like, I'm, I'm just tired of, of this brain-dead coverage of that Laker team. All right, I'm sorry. DJ Warren, next. God. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review oh to Locked on Heat. As always, you can leave a question using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Never even said my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a five, man. <laughs> 
Thank you. 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 Thank you.